0: Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and I'm Matt, and we're watching a fantasy film from 1985, and it's
1: not Legend. Nope, and it doesn't have a lot of fantasy in it either.
0: Not barely any magic at all. <laughs> We've got Lady Hawk. Play that intro. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Like I said before, we're watching Lady Hawk here. This is from 1985 and it is starring Matthew Broderick, Rudger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, and it was directed by Richard Donner.
1: Yeah, he did uh, a lot of stuff in the 80s. A lot of stuff a lot better than this movie.
0: Yeah, including the t shirt you're wearing right now, The Goonies.
1: Yeah, uh, classic 80s. Uh, I had never seen Lady Hawk before, but I had obviously seen Lethal Weapon, Goonies you know, Richard Donner's good stuff, and was pretty excited to jump into this one. Yep.
0: Well, your excitement left pretty quick. (laughs) It (laughs) did. Let's talk about this box art.
1: So much like the movie itself, the box art is disappointing as well. I must mention, though, that we're taking a look at the Warner Brothers Hits version of the uh, movie. The original poster has a more painted look, and uh, that is what they transferred to the original box art this one however just a couple publicity stills so we've got the warner brothers hits emblem across the top which i always kind of liked when they put on like vhs's if i was gonna buy a reissue i sort of liked whatever like banner brand they put on top of their you know hits or whatever collection they were releasing
0: i guess they put that on there to let you know One, these are one of our better movies. You know, you're not getting a piece of crap here. Yeah. Uh, Other than this movie is, you know, kind of boring, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Uh, but we know we're getting, like, what's considered to be, like, an 80s classic.
0: Yes, it is one of the Warner Brothers classics of...
1: 1985. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I sort of like The Little Emblem. That's nice. But, yeah, then we just go into an obvious publicity still of Matthew Broderick standing with a hawk on his shoulder and Michelle Pfeiffer looking off in the distance with her head looming above them. That's kind of it.
0: You can tell right away that this movie did not trust um, Rucker Hauer to push this at all. This has got Matthew Broderick and Michelle Pfeiffer right on the cover, and that's it.
1: Well, and I also feel like, too, they're a little bit afraid of selling, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's name, because Matthew Broderick is the only one with his name above the title. Like, even Richard Donner gets his name above the title. It's like Matthew Broderick in a Richard Donner film, Lady Hawk. But they've got Michelle Pfeiffer's face majority of the cover, so it was like they trusted how gorgeous she was. But not her name power on the movie. And then, but they, yeah, they top bill Broderick on this.
0: Yeah. You would think Michelle Pfeiffer would actually, at this point in the late 90s, wouldn't she be more popular than Matthew Broderick?
1: Yeah, by the time, yeah, by the time this reissue came out, I'm taking a look at the back. 1998, this reissue came out. Yeah, you would think that she would be all over this because Broderick was. Doing what? Addicted to love at this time in 98? Yeah, he was, 98. he was on the outs. Michelle Pfeiffer was still on top of things at yeah, this time. Yeah, he
0: was on his down slope. In fact, his wife, this is probably when she was picking up Steve. Maybe yeah, they could just slap her on there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> be like, instead of Matthew Broderick, it could be like Sarah Jessica Parker's husband in a Richard Donner film. <laughs> Lady Hawk. Uh,
0: that would have been great.
1: So this, yeah, this one's a little different. That's uh, that's basically it for the front. Yeah. We're, there's nothing else we're looking at. Right. Um, but the original, I have to point out, in the original cover slash poster, it almost looks like Matthew Broderick is just wearing, like, a red hoodie. And, and at least we get the old-timey medieval garb in this new reissue. But every time I see that original cover, art, I'm like, is this just a modern movie? Like, is... It's Michelle Pfeiffer's looming head again, Matthew Broderick in the bottom right corner. But, yeah, it looks like he's in a hoodie, and he's smirking. He looks kind of Ferris Bueller-y, and I get like like this is an 80s movie vibe, whereas this new reissue, at least, I can see the old-timey garb, and I'm like, okay, so this is a fantasy film from the 80s about medieval time.
0: Now the first VHS cover and the poster is much better. It's the painting style of the 80s. They should have kept it. I don't understand why they went to a Photoshop generic crap, but they seemed like they did that a lot in the late 90s and early 2000s. Hell, they still do that.
1: Yeah, it's like they have a good poster release, and then for whatever reason they're like, how do we make the video release look shitty? <laughs> you know that great poster art we have? Yeah, let's just let's just have floating heads instead.
0: Yeah, let's step. dump it. And then put, like, some kind of halo. Like, she's got a selfie filter on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty much. She's just kind of, like, soft focus lighting glowing. Yeah. Moving over to the back. Based on a 13th century European legend. I actually didn't know that. I wish the movie would have told me that. <laughs> like, no Like a little, like, blurb at the beginning. Okay. Based on a 13th century European legend, Lady Hawk is an enchanting tale of a porcelain skin beauty, Michelle Pfeiffer, a stalwart knight... Rutger Hauer, and a pickpocket known as the mouse, Matthew Broderick. I just want to point out they very rarely call him the mouse in this movie. I read the back of this, you know, sort of looking for their names because I didn't know anybody's name in this movie, except for him that kept saying Philippe. And I was like, why do they say the
0: mouse? No one ever calls him the
1: mouse in the movie. Maybe once it comes up.
0: Yeah, I think at the very beginning, maybe.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, Uh, anyway. Once the knight and the lady were lovers. Now the curse of the jealous bishop of... Aquila? Is that what it is?
0: Yeah, I think it's someplace a- in the southern tip of Italy. Okay. Know.
1: The Bishop of Aquila, John Wood, keeps them always together, eternally apart. By day, she is a hawk. By night, he is a wolf. To the spell, the knight vows to break into the bishop's stronghold with the help of Mouse, the only soul who successfully escaped Aquila's dungeons. Directed by Richard Donner and photographed by three-time Academy Award winner Vittorio... Stora- Storaro nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> the luminously beautiful, hypnotically exciting Lady Hawk is the most congenial spot for a happy ever after since Camelot. Rita Kempley, The Washington Post. Uh, sleep
0: during that synopsis.
1: <laughs> and that's not the only review. We have one other review in here from the Los Angeles Times: A bold, beautiful vision. Lady Hawk is enchanted.
0: I will give it that it it does have some beautiful shots.
1: Yeah, the cinematography is great, and they mentioned that the cinematographer is a three-time Academy Award winner for uh, Apocalypse Now, Reds, and The Last Emperor. Yeah, did a good job shooting this movie.
0: Yeah, no one's going to ever challenge you on that.
1: <laughs> um, nothing else really interesting on the back of this. We've kind of got the credit block. We've got the... Warner Brothers legal. We get the runtime, which is two hours, which is about uh, an hour and a half too long. And we've got two two stills: one from the movie and one publicity still. And the publicity still is of uh, Pfeiffer and Howard just like hugging. And then the still from the movie is Howard catching a bird. <laughs> That's
0: it. <laughs> Let's listen to the trailer really quick before we start getting into the coming attractions he was a pickpocket who thought that anything was better than prison little did he know what he'd escaped from wasn't half as strange or frightening as what he'd stumbled into I do not believe what I believe, Lord these are magical, unexplainable matters and I beg you not to make me a part of them the knight who had saved him wanted only two things To free his lover and to take his revenge. I have waited almost two years for a sign from God. Sir, the truth is I talk to God all the time. And no offense, but he never mentioned you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: put this tape in.
0: Yeah, let's get that VCR out.
1: The movie Memories of a Lifetime. The faces, the moments, the magic.
0: We listened to our coming attractions and what we had was the Warner Brothers 75th Anniversary Collection.
1: Yep, you first popped in the tape, and that's the first thing that comes up. Uh, not any trailers for any upcoming 1997 movies, not anything from 1985. We just get the 75th anniversary little compilation promo.
0: Yeah, it was disappointing, but we did get to see a lot of really cool movies like Cool Hand Luke, The Fugitive, uh, Unforgiven, I remember that. What I think is funny is right before you watch ladyhawk you get much better movies beforehand
1: right you're like god i want to go back and watch all of these and then you're like well i'm hope hopefully ladyhawk falls in the category with all these it, why didn't it they doesn't. put ladyhawk in the 70s <laughs> yeah right i should have known then that we were in for something not not very good <laughs> um but yeah the, the compilation is pretty fun you get a little window into the past where it's like 350 titles at affordable prices so we knew that like some of
0: them are remastered
1: yeah i love how they (laughs) wanted to mention to us that some of them were remastered like some of them eh, they didn't need it i will say i think lady hawk was remastered though it looked great but it uh yeah they were really really didn't care to tell us that like yeah some of these were just re-release and we don't really care if they don't look any good (laughs) nope
0: all right let's get on to our feature presentation All right. Before we start talking about the feature presentation here, you might notice that my audio is coming in much better now. Turns out I didn't have it properly hooked up, so I was just talking through Matt's mic from the other side of the table. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Very <that's>, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. You know what?
1: Growing pains. It's okay. We're figuring it out as we go. Uh, we could have. We could re-record the other stuff we said, but it was such gold. You know, it would only sound faked if we went back and redid it it was perfect just like this film.
0: yes all right let's 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 (laughs) jump into the feature presentation here so we start off with matthew broderick the mouse escaping from the unescapable prison and he's going right through the sewer all the shit and everything yeah and he's all the while he's doing all this he's talking to himself and to god and
1: saying like How you know? How did I? If I get out of here, I promise I won't be a pickpocket anymore. Very, very witty, silly, very Ferris Bueller-y. And at that point, I just wanted him to look at the camera and break the fourth wall because that's what I thought he was doing. He was doing a Ferris Bueller
0: thing. That's all he ever is in almost every movie. He (laughs) is a different level of Ferris Bueller. In this one, he's medieval Ferris Bueller. Oh yeah. So immediately, I'm put off by this movie. (laughs) I, I know. I agree. I was just like. Oh, is he going to do this the whole time? He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's the zany character throughout the whole thing where he keeps getting into trouble or doing the stupid act. You know, everything he did was silly and dumb. Yep, pretty much. And,
1: uh yeah, I don't know. I'm already like, okay, he's doing the Ferris Bueller thing. It's in medieval times. There's already, like, a clash happening here. And this sort of goes into how the movie doesn't really fully commit to being medieval it doesn't really fully commit to being magical it just kind of goes half-assed with
0: everything so yeah when he gets so after you escape prison and talk to god naturally the first place you'll go is the country tavern so i i guess they had these back in the medieval times where they just shut up you know set up a couple picnic tables put a roof over it actually for the medieval times this was quite a nice place Right. It's again, it's the
1: same thing. It's like this is like a medieval amalgam. It's like the olden medieval of the castles and knights to like the the modern age coming in with like these bar basically this is a bar. It's an outside bar, yeah. yeah. It's, so
0: it's like it's uh very confused movie. It was a beer garden. Yeah. I assume they were drinking beer or yeah. ale or whatever yeah. they had. Um so he sat there and anyone want to drink with the only man who's seen the inside of this prison and escaped and lived to tell the tale and some guy I remember he said i've seen the inside and he goes oh you must be uh, a blacksmith or something and then he turns around it's like no i'm the guard right and they get a whole scene where he's jumping on
1: tables and roofs and trying to escape and fighting off all these guards at the at the bar and it's it Begins to establish that the threats aren't really threats in no. the movie. Because basically any time the heroes in the movie tell the guards to go away, they pretty much do without asking. And they're like, ha, 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 we'll get you next time. And then they just leave. Well, and yeah, I mean... This well, scene's a little different yeah. because Navarre shows up and shoots a couple of them with the arrows. And then the other guys go back, you know, to tell the bishop that, you know, they found... Not only the guy that escaped, but now he's with Navarre, who is the former captain of the guards. So that sort of makes sense in this situation, that he let a couple live and they just went away. But later
0: on in the movie, there's no excuse for that. (laughs) Well, again, tonally, it's a very confusing movie because he's running around kind of zany Three Stooges style where the guards are trying to stab him. And then a mysterious Black Knight, which ends up being Captain Navarre, our hero of the film... He shoots a guy right in the fucking heart, and you're just like, whoa, this went from Three Stooges to, oh, this shit's real.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, this is probably, 1985, this is probably one of the first PG-13 rated movies. So I'm wondering if knowing that they were going to aim for a PG-13 rating is how they got so tonally confused. Because it's like, silly, PG,
0: Matthew Broderick humor with, like, violence and death. yeah. Once one of the guards recognizes it's Captain Navarro, he, like, hits their swords. Cling! We hear their swords. And then the other new captain pushes him into Captain Navarro's sword, kills him, like, that jealousy kill. Then they fight. He defeats him. They leave. In fact, one time he pushes over... Captain Navarro pushes over the new captain of the guard, and you see his sword bend. Because you can tell... If you rewatch this, I don't know if you saw this, Matt, you can tell these swords are plastic oh
1: yeah uh the end fight they bend a few times while they're they're fighting in the uh in the church but i missed this one i didn't catch
0: this one i was probably checking the time clock at this point after they escape we get the new guard going back to tell the bishop oh captain Navarre's back so the bishop summons Cesar. Cesar, the wolf trapper. Alfred fucking Molina. And he's so good. He's in like two scenes in this movie, but I was so excited to see him. We needed more of him in this movie. Absolutely. So we get uh, now Captain Navarre and Mouse traveling together, and Mouse discovers that he's got a hawk.
1: Yeah, he's got a little hawk that follows him around everywhere. Nothing is really addressed yet. Uh, They just are traveling together, and... Navarre's like, you've escaped, you're my sign, I'm gonna go kill the bishop. So they're, yeah, they just travel together, they go to an inn. Yeah, and they flash their money around, they're like, we'll pay you if we if you let us stay in the inn. And the innkeepers are like, that's fine, but they look like typical 80s evil innkeepers. And yeah, you should know right away. Yeah, like, the you know. guy is holding an axe and is like, you can stay here <laughs> if you want. Looks trustworthy. So they stay in the, the inn, and they try to get some sleep, and the innkeeper with the axe comes after Matthew Broderick, and an enormous black wolf shows up
0: and kills the innkeeper. Well, the black wolf saves Mouse, then Mouse runs back in and goes, oh, we got a wolf here, I'm gonna shoot it. Like, the wolf just saved you.
1: Yeah, but he just thinks it's a a wolf on the attack, I think. And well, he goes he doesn't go to just kill it. He goes to wake up Navar cuz he doesn't know yet that Navar is the wolf. So he well, goes he to wake him up. He does grab the
0: crossbow, too. Yeah, and then he grabs the crossbow when he goes to wake him up. And and no one's responding cuz Captain Navar's not there. But why isn't Captain Navar there, Matt? Where did he go? <laughs> He's the fucking wolf. <laughs> Gasp. No, it was it was so clear. I was like, oh, well, Captain Navarre's gone. But then we get the first introduction of our what's her name? I don't even know the character's name. Uh Lady Hawk. <laughs> I don't know her name either. I don't know.
1: She's beautiful. Uh Yeah, stunning Michelle Pfeiffer. She yes, Michelle
0: that. Pfeiffer comes into this scene and she looks great. I mean, when doesn't she?
1: Though, I mean, she looks great now. She looked great then. She's just a work of art.
0: Well, I I guess I just don't remember how pretty she was. I just don't watch a lot of Michelle Pfeiffer movies, honestly. I mean, how, how many times can you watch Grease 2? Uh, I've watched that recently, actually, and uh, had a lot of fun with it. And she is also stunning in that movie. <laughs> that is my girlfriend Sarah's. One of her favorite movies. Grease 2? Yes. Not Is the no. first one one no, of her no, favorites? No, no, no. Not Grease. Too. And so I just look at her in confusion. I go, "Are you sure?" Like
1: I can understand if you're just such a fan that you love both of them. Fine, but just two?
0: Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I like it though. Maybe, I, I like it. I maybe I like meant to be with her because that's the one. She, she's like, no, that's one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Like, wait, yeah. what? No, I, I really am like <laughs> the one with the motorcycle guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we get her and. She eventually approaches the wolf, uh, pretends like she knows it, and of course, Mouse has got to act like an idiot. Right. That's, that's his <laughs> I mean, job. I have to add to that, yeah. <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> Fuckin', uh, fucking Matthew Broderick. Maybe I'm dreaming. But my eyes are open, which means maybe I'm awake. Dreaming I'm asleep. Or, or more likely, maybe I'm asleep. Dreaming that I'm awake. Wondering if I'm dreaming. We get the mouse and Captain Navarre traveling together. And then they're attacked by a bunch of guards. Again. Again. Uh, and this is kind of like that. They play the music and they're coming at them on their horses. And then we see one of the guards, they shoot the hawk. Yeah, they shoot. The, well, they also shoot him. But he's just like flesh wound flesh wound
1: and then they shoot the hawk out of the air <laughs> they shoot that fucking hawk right out of the air I, and i thought i
0: was like holy shit did they just kill the the second act in the area that you know the second most important person in this whole story i for a second i was like that takes courage <laughs> they did they didn't though no they it they don't kill so shot the uh, bird through its left breast right they shoot the bird they
1: flesh wound uh, Navarre. navar and once again, the guards are just like, okay, good enough, and then they leave.
0: They just leave. Yeah, I don't even remember, I just...
1: There's more, I think at this scene, there's more guards than there is them, because there's only three of them, obviously, and one is a fucking bird, and yet they wound them, and then they're like, all right, good enough, see you later, guys, and leave. <laughs>
0: all right, carry on the plot without us. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I remember the mouse grabs the hawk, he runs to this abandoned castle where this old... Kind of chubby, decrepit man is yes. bitching and complaining
1: yes he's a he's a drunk
0: who's riddled with guilt,
1: imperious, a monk in his little uh in his little worn out castle uh Navarre is actually the one that sends here's another thing I don't understand <laughs> another plot point that makes no sense to me, so Navarre sends Matthew Broderick and the bird to go see this monk because he knows this monk can cure the hawk but refuses to go with them. Now I understand he turns into a wolf at night or whatever. But he he doesn't attack Matthew Broderick. You know, he know like the wolf is only attacking like the bad guys. So
0: why can't he just like kind of go with why and can't then just, he just run? tell the mouse like hey, by the way, she becomes a hawk. I think he finds out at this time that she is the hawk. Right. So why doesn't he just Oh, by the way, I'm a wolf, too, so I, I don't want to come with you because I'll turn into a wolf. Who cares?
1: Yeah, like, you'll see me turn. I think it's more like he's not afraid he's going to attack Mouse. He's more afraid that he's going to see that he turns into a wolf. Like, he's going to find out anyway. Who's because...
0: going to believe this idiot? <laughs> yeah,
1: and also, like, he's taking the wounded bird to the castle. He's at not, like, he's going to see her turn into Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: I just, so, I just watched this film yesterday and I can't remember. I just, I was like, oh, how much time is left in this movie? <laughs> yes. I
1: watched this moments before we started this and there are already pockets missing of what happened in this movie. I know you
0: said you were doing the same thing. You just kept checking the VCR for how much time left is. in. The, I, yes. I, yes. I don't understand why this movie's so liked. Yes. I mean, you, well, you were saying the concept. The concept is, yeah, I get it. It, They're together forever but eternally apart. I I think that's a great concept. Yeah, just kind of a boring execution of it. No, because I I feel like, well, there's no real magic. I just watched this movie like you did. I don't know how the bishop even turned them into this. I vaguely know why. I assume the bishop was, I know know the bishop was jealous that they fell in love. I don't know any of the backstory of her, and I'm sure they told it in the movie, but it's gone.
1: Yeah, no, same. Like, we know that she is the daughter of some crusader and happened to fall in love with the guard, which was Rucker Hauer. And then the bishop got jealous of that, so he cursed them. I don't know how, because never in the rest of the movie does the bishop display any magic whatsoever. Well,
0: we just read some of the plot, and it said something about a demonic curse. I don't yeah. remember any of it. They
1: probably mentioned it in passing, but it's like kind of dumb, because like, that's what I'd want to see. Show me that. That's what I'm more interested in. Yeah. Show me the demonic curse like show this show is me, the 80s
0: show us yeah, that
1: show crazy him like, 80s CGI or like something he, he's like he's doing like a like he's show me the ritual even you know maybe you don't show me the demons but show me the ritual give me something but yeah mm-hmm. we don't see any of that we know there's a curse then it's revealed that Michelle Pfeiffer is the hawk because she transforms Forms back to her human form And Matthew Broderick Sees her laying in the bed With the thing Sticking out of her He puts two and two together He's like Oh fuck You're You're the hawk The hot lady <laughs> yeah. That
0: I can't remember The name of Is a What, what is it
1: Is about Is about Because I kept thinking Isabel. They were saying Is a vowel <laughs> But then again on this VHS copy, the sound kept dipping out. It was this is a used copy. This is not my copy. Uh this is a used copy that I bought second hand. And the sound in this particular tape just kept dipping during like dialogue scenes. So I've also probably just missed a lot Plot-wise, or, you know, name-wise, uh, because the sound kept dipping on me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, well, I don't blame you. I I, I, I didn't per- care enough to, like, <laughs> I watched rewind this and turn it up or anything. I was like, all right, keep going. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> I watched this on, like, Blu-ray quality because I had to rent it through Amazon. And uh, it didn't trust me. Even with the sound being perfect, you would have forgotten everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. That's why I didn't go back
0: and rewind or anything like that. So well, we trailed off a little bit here. So why was the old man uh, so guilty? I, I, he just we, we he, don't, don't know. know why he's guilty, but we know that he is the
1: reason that the bishop cursed
0: them. Yeah, I remember Captain Navarre. He, he's mad at him, right?
1: Right. They're yeah, cuz Navarre blames him for the bishop cursing the the two lovers. I um, don't know. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know what he did particularly. They may explain it, they may not. I don't care. <laughs> no, I <laughs> mean remember... he's, he's guilty and then he uses his I guess ma- not magic. He just like rubs some dirt on the wound. Yeah, I um, the and funny... then she's she's magically yeah. cured of the the which arrow wound, um, and then and then he is like, "Oh, there's a wolf walking out there." And then Imperius goes on to basically just explain the plot. He's yeah, he drops yeah, all all the exposition in probably like a twenty minute scene that I just could not wait. Till yeah, it that was, was over. <laughs> I,
0: that's exactly what I was thinking when I, I go, "Oh, so this is the entire story," and. Stupid me. I right when this started, my brain shut off. I was like, I don't care
1: <laughs> No, but like same. It's not it's not like it's not like we had some kind of like A D D like we gotta go check our phones, we got like I just didn't. Care
0: like so. I didn't feel invested in any of these characters, so it's very hard for me to care about the exposition. Of right, it.
1: when you give me a twenty-minute scene of exposition, I better be interested in what's going on. But like me as an audience member, I can I have already figured out: okay, Rückerhauer is a wolf; she is a hawk; they can't be together. I don't need a twenty-minute scene explaining that that's the case without them showing me anything. Show me their initial transformation. Show me the ritual that the bishop does to get them to that point. Show me something. But instead we just get Imperius drunkenly talking out a window, telling Matthew Broderick that this is the plot of the
0: movie. Yep, there you go. It's go save them, kill the bishop. I don't even know if he says he should kill the bishop. But no,
1: no, no. Imperius uh, says that... Navarre wants to go kill the bishop, but he can't do that because the bishop is the one that can break the curse. So this Uh, is also where we get that plot development where the Imperius says, okay, don't let him go kill the bishop. He's got to keep him alive so he can break the curse during uh, a time when night and day happen at the same time.
0: All right. Well, you've officially understood more of this story than I do. So, I'm going to explain the
1: rest of this because Steve has no fucking idea what I'm yeah, just like, done. <laughs> I, I... So, basically, now Philippe is convinced that this is true. But Navarre, now back to his form, and now yeah, Matthew Broderick has named Isabelle as Ladyhawk. He said the title. Uh, we're back to daytime. and Title drop. Title Boom. Drop. And now Ruckerhauer is like... You, Imperius, you're just a crazy old drunk. That that's there's no such thing as a time when day and night are the same. I'm just gonna go
0: kill the bishop. But Philippe believes him. Let me pause you here. I just realized. Could you imagine getting drunk with this old man who's always talking about ah. I'm the reason the hawk chases the wolf. And <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, because this is essentially a
1: land without any other magic. So except this one this. <laughs> except this one scenario. So if you're hearing this drunk guy just at the bar because they have bars in this time, you hear this drunk guy at the bar being like, Yeah, I'm the reason she turned into a hawk and he turned into a wolf, but they love each other. <laughs> this- Oh, and they're like, what the fuck? And it's like,
0: but at the time when it's day and night at the same time, they're going to be okay. And they're like, together right, forever <laughs> and eternally apart. Like, oh, Jesus. This man lives in a castle and all he does is bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah,
1: okay. Unpause. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I... I, prefer, I want that story instead of this I, rest of the story I, that I'm going to fill in here. I just want to see the drunk at a bar trying to tell somebody the plot of this movie and being like, fuck you, old man. Like, <laughs> anyway, so Philippe believes him for some reason because he talks to God and stuff like that. So he already believes. He's, he's a believer. So he believes the story, and he's trying to convince Rue Gerhauer. like, he's a drunk old man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to go kill the bishop. So the night comes and they obviously switch. He's back to a wolf and she's back to a human, and he tries to convince her. And she goes along with it. She believes him because now they're like kind of friends. Like they've sort of forged this like best friend bond. Matthew Broderick admits to Rutger Hauer in the scene earlier that he's had fantasies about her, but he knows that they're just friends. And I'm just like, ooh, that's creepy. Like, That's like somebody being like, hey, man, I jerk off to your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> but, well, like, I am hope you're happy lot. together. <laughs> and he's probably crying while jerking off to <laughs> yeah. her. Yeah. So anyway. I turned into a...
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh no. Yeah. So that line st- stuck out to me because that was just, like, horrifying. <laughs> can't imagine somebody telling me that. Anyway, so Philippe convinces her, and they're going to try to convince him during the day that this is, this is true, that there will be a time when there's day before night. He can't kill the bishop. He's got to keep him alive. But Wolf Tracker, Cesar, shows up and is going to kill Ruger Hauer, traps another wolf and then Michelle Pfeiffer just proceeds to kind of kick him into another trap for a wolf trapper he's
0: terrible at his
1: job (laughs) because she just gets kicked in the butt cartoon style and falls face first into a trap
0: (laughs) yeah I I remember watching this I do remember I remember this whole little fight and when he gets the trap slapped right into his between his face I wanted him to turn around and be horrifically you know just covered in blood and they I don't think they show any of it. It's more no. like you just see from the back. He's like, "Ah." Well, no you see the front of his face, Do you? but I... there's no blood. You just see
1: his oh, face like, right, kind of yeah. smushed in the trap, but no, no it, blood. It's, or... it's definitely PG-13. Yeah. He, so he gets he gets clamped yeah. in there, but you don't really see any blood. Uh, and that's the last we see of him. Like he's alive, screaming in a bear trap. But that's the last we see of that character in the film.
0: The only character I gave a shit about when, yeah. when it comes to the actual attackers. Because the new captain don't care. The the bishop who did all this don't care. I just wanted more of the Bear Trapper and the Drunk Old Man.
1: Yeah, basically. Like, they, they're the most entertaining of this film.
0: I would watch that TV series. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Cesar the Wolf Trapper and appears the Old Drunk Monk.
0: <laughs> Coming soon to Fox. Oh, yeah, well, hopefully Warner Brothers isn't producing it because they <laughs> fucked up Lady Hawk. <laughs>
1: um, so, moving along. 'Cause we have to because I kept checking the time and I just wanted this thing to move. Well, on. I'm just gonna keep ruining your storytelling, so <laughs> No. Please do it's more interesting <laughs> than the film. So we we then have her convinced uh, wolf trapper is out of the picture. So they decide then <laughs> to trap the wolf themselves. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Instead of using anything from the wolf trapper, they decide to make like a makeshift little pit that the wolf will fall into uh, with her. And so when Daybreak happens, they have a fleeting second where they're human together Mm -hmm. so that he can be convinced this can happen. So they have their fleeting second, and it's this, like, super 80s-like... Lots of flared colors and mm-hmm. lights and things like that. Like, sort of like a fever dream moment of them seeing each other for the first time in in two years. It's only been two years, dude. Like, come on. It's not like this has been that bad of a struggle. <laughs> yeah, It's only been two years. It's the first time in two years that they see each other. And they think it's going to convince him, okay, I'm not going to kill the bishop because we can have our time together. However, they wake up during the day. She's back to being a hawk, and he's like, I'm going to go kill the bishop.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Today's the day. I'm
1: not waiting anymore. I'm going to go kill the bishop. (laughs) The the
0: drunk old monk said, you got to find when day and night are the same. He's like, this this fucking guy, I'm not going to listen to him. I'm just going to kill him and get this shit over with. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I don't. I don't care what you say, even. I think even the mouse is like, no, no, you don't understand. This drunk old man is correct. Shut the fuck up, mouse. Yeah, yeah. Go He's, back to your Ferris Bueller. I don't care.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like Ruker Howard cares about Matthew Broderick about as much as I care about Matthew Broderick in this movie. <laughs> like, yes. So, they then. It's the... Leading up to the final battle, they do their traveling. There's probably some more scenes that I just don't remember. I, I don't care. I don't care to Move remember. on. <laughs> we show up at the Bishop's uh, castle for the final showdown. Yep. And they're in the middle of a, a mass, and basically Ruckerhauer tells Imperius, if I don't make it out of there, just kill the hawk. Yeah. And, it's- you know, it's down to the last second thing. He's got to wait until the bells are chiming. And if he hears the bells chime, he's got to kill the hawk because, obviously, he didn't succeed. Of course, the bells chime, and Imperius is like, I'm not going to kill the hawk. <laughs> he could have been Rukerhauer could have been dead at that point, but Imperius is stubborn and doesn't think that. So they're in the midst—they get in the midst of this fight with the guards. Uh Rukerhau shows up in a fucking, uh, like, Star Wars helmet yes, over this- his
0: face. Now, this is when my mind kicked back in. Because (laughs) right when I see this helmet, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This helmet makes no sense. This is how the movie dates itself. It just gets into 1980s sci-fi helmet thing. They had to do this. Uh, And I found out from this movie... This helmet is the reason Kurt Russell, or at least part of it, why he dropped out of this movie. Because originally, he was supposed to be the leading man. So, I don't know what number down the list Rucker Howard was. But I think it's funny that Rucker Howard probably just looked at this helmet and said, Meh, I don't care. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, meh, I
1: don't care seems to be his whole thing throughout this movie. He's doing fine, but it's like he's asleep awake doing it. Like, he's, uh, he's, I, not, he's not like
0: bombing it. He just doesn't care. I think he takes morphine at the beginning of shooting and he just kinda is very numb throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Like you said, he's not bad. He's uh, just numb, yeah. He kinda has, he has a presence on the camera. I actually watch him enjoy watching him, but yes, he's very monotone with most of this Maybe he just didn't get a lot of time to prepare because he was brought onto this so quickly before shooting. I don't know. He just doesn't. It, I kind of think this is a paycheck movie for him.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I love I love and I think he's a great actor. And I was excited to see him in this movie. But, yeah, I just don't think he was given enough to do. And I just don't think he cared enough to, you know, do anything. And, you know, same same for Michelle Pfeiffer does a fine job. She has nothing to do in this
0: film. No, Matthew Broderick and the Drunk Monk are trying the hardest. And I wish one of those two just wasn't in this film. (laughs) And it ain't the Drunk Monk. Yeah.
1: No, Matthew Broderick is giving it 100%. He just sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So they they end up, I remember they're fighting. Uh, It's actually a really nice um, scenery. They're in this castle. I was much more interested in seeing this. I just remember all uh, this is such a medieval movie trope where everyone in the castle kind of. Uh, divides parts the sea so they can watch everyone fight. It's kind of like a, a high school playground.
1: You know? Right, but at the same time, here's another problem I have. A lot of these people that he's like, move, get out of my way are guards. He should be fighting them. Like this should He should be fighting his way to the bishop, yeah, but fights, instead of fighting yeah. his way to the bishop, he's just like, move, 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 and then he fights like two guys.
0: <laughs> I, I just remember this whole time thinking, none of these people are going to die. Yeah. And like he,
1: I think he kills he kills one of the guards who is the guard that throws the thing up in the ceiling, and so you can yeah. see the
0: eclipse start uh, to happen. Uh, another trope when there's an eclipse, like or something like that. I remember this. Didn't they do this in The Dark Crystal, where you could look up oh, in yeah. the ceiling and then see I, I don't know, like the moons yeah. come together. Right. Why was this always? an eclipse type thing in these fantasy films in the 80s I feel like this is done a lot
1: yeah I don't know it's like sort of like the only sort of fantastical thing we knew in real life so they put it in movies maybe like it was like oh look at this thing you know is a scientific crazy anomaly thing let's put them in movies you're familiar with eclipses i don't i don't know i that's not my answer it's just like a guess
0: <laughs> wow it, yeah so i guess when the the sun and the moon are together at the same time which the drunk monk was talking about could you imagine everyone in the bar who happened <laughs> to be at the church be like well fuck me he was right yeah
1: he fucking
0: look at that look at where's the lady hawk <laughs> yeah i want to see the I fucking would. lady hawk now <laughs> so he kills the bishop are, for some reason in my mind, I kept naming this bishop Skeletor. Cause he he, barely, kind of he does nothing, and he just has that giant staff. So yeah. he's pretty much like Skeletor in um, Masters of the Universe.
1: Yeah, but before he kills the the bishop, there's sort of the more main foil, which is the new captain mm. that keeps showing up and leaving um, when they go and to he's fight. He's
0: a terrible captain of the guard.
1: right. So they have their fight, and this is where we see the floppy swords a little bit. Mm-hmm. They have their fight, and eventually Rookerauer kills him. The bells are ringing, so the Imperius should be killing the hawk at that point because he didn't have enough time to kill the bishop. So then it's just down to him and the bishop. The hawk should be dead. Rookerauer's got nothing left to lose. He's like, "Fine, just kill me." And he's got the bishop's got a big ass staff, and then mm. you hear Michelle Pfeiffer kick into the room.
0: Yeah, well, did she kick in the room on a horse?
1: No, he kicks in the room on a yeah. horse. Because Mandy Broderick like, yeah. opens right. the door and in comes.
0: That's Like Mandy yeah. Broderick
1: sneaks around because that's what he does. He's a pickpocket. He sneaks. He sneaks around and allows, he opens all the doors, basically. Yeah, I remember Ruger that, Hauer. yeah. So Ruger Hauer kicks in the door on a horse and now he's about to die and Michelle Pfeiffer kicks in the door and is like, I'm here. I'm alive. And they see each other for the first time. And it should be like this really big moment. It's not. There's nothing really there. And then uh, the bishop is like, I'll never let you be human together again or something and goes to throw his staff at Rukerhauer. Hauer. Rucker I was ready to take it. I don't know why. And then he like spins around or something and throws the throws his sword then into the bishop. Right.
0: Yeah. I think he throws a sword into the bishop, which I actually that was one of those things. Where, well, finally, something cool. I like that. <laughs> So Bishop
1: Bishop gets, like, pinned against a wall and sees them together and then says some line,
0: and then uh, they're fine, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they live happily ever after, and Mouse is not dead. Yeah, and he's, like, weeping
1: at this point because
0: his best friends are reunited. (laughs) Yes, his best friends he's known for a day and a half, maybe two days.
1: Are reunited again, and... Yeah, they're they're spinning in a very '80s fashion through the eclipse light coming through the cathedral, and they're spinning together. And they all there. There's a lot of kissing. Everybody's kissing. Like Ruker Howard gives like Matthew Broderick a kiss. Uh, Matthew Broderick kisses the Imperius. It's a lot of kissing, and I, just, I don't I don't like it. It freaks me
0: out. <laughs> Public displays of affection really irritate Matt. Yeah, it, it's true though.
1: Um so yeah, there's a lot of like kissing and everybody's
0: happy, everybody's crying, and then everybody just leaves. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, and then I remember the credits were rolling and I'm like, oh okay, well this is done. Yeah, I was like, oh good, I get to take this out now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's it over. wasn't like, oh they're reunited, how cute. I was like, oh good, I'm done. <laughs> <No>! Oh
0: god.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: Well, we've got some interesting tidbits on this movie. Uh, Matt, I'll let you start off with, what, what is the first one you wanted to talk about?
1: I wanted to just mention, so we read the back of the VHS at the top of this, and the first line is based on a 13th century European legend. Well, according to trivia of this movie, it is not. And one of the writers sued Warner Brothers because it is not based on a, a legend at all. And he won, he won the suit, but they didn't change any of the marketing materials. So it is not based on any kind of legend, and the writer sued because of it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny. And then one of the posters actually has at the top of it where the mouse is a hero at the end. And we just saw checking out this trivia we just saw another poster that we did not know exists where it's got the white kind of border around it where it's got the the splash of the painting in the middle mm. and that's another really good one but again no rucker Hauer in it it's got his sword
1: it's got the two of them it's got the woods in it but no rucker yeah rucker
0: it's rucker Hauer right i I, I keep saying rucker i think it's i think it's rue i think it is you know, as many movies as I love him in, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Rutger, but I could be wrong. So I watched Blade Runner not too long ago, and I have a little bit of a controversial saying about Rutger Hauer. I think he's better than Harrison Ford in that movie. I, You know, I
1: need to go back and rewatch it. I haven't seen it since the 90s, so I need to go back. And, re- and especially with the new one coming out, I'm probably going to rewatch it. But I... I only assume that I will also have that opinion because he's you know I I always think of the Hitcher when I think of Rickerhauer and he's so so amazing. In
0: do you want to do you want to know one of my secrets?
1: I've uh, I've never seen the Hitcher.
0: Great, we could do it here. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> I just got, I've it's...
1: got the VHS and
0: it's a masterpiece. Let's see. Uh, we I mentioned earlier that Kurt Russell was supposed to play Captain Navarre. Well, we found out that. Apparently, Richard Donner originally wanted to cast Rutger Hauer as the evil captain of the guard, the new evil captain of the guard. Well, I mean, I guess we don't know if he was evil. But anyway, he was supposed to play the other guard, the evil captain, and a younger actor, Kurt Russell, was supposed to be Navarre. But it turns out that Russell left not weeks or months before, but we've got right here, he dropped out a few days before principal of photography began.
1: Yeah, so... That's probably why we get such a not-caring performance from Hauer. Uh, maybe he just probably didn't have a lot of time for prepare. No,
0: he just didn't care. But we had a couple other. Now, Richard Donner really wanted a lot of different people to play different characters in this. He, wanted, he considered Sean Penn and Dustin Hoffman for the role of the mouse. And then we go down even more, and here's another shocker. He once said that he had considered Mick Jagger for the bishop.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like almost interesting casting choices, but for such a non-interesting film that I just I can't see any of that, and I can't see that making the movie any better. It would almost make it a little more obnoxious if
0: they would have went that way. So I'm glad they went the way they did, but the movie still isn't good. <laughs> well, we should – oh, yeah, I forgot. He actually wanted Booger to – oh, no, or at least Booger tried out for the mouse. Right. But I guess someone in Warner Brothers is – you know, we got – Matthew Broder coming off War Games. Let's just smash him in here. He's gonna put he's gonna be so good as the mouse. Yeah. And enough that he got top billing and yeah, everything. He did. It slapped all over the posters and top billing,
1: even over even over Pfeiffer. So go figure that one. War Games was a big movie
0: though, so Let's talk about how this movie wasn't that big of a movie. No, it had a budget of around $20 million, so I imagine with marketing this probably ended up costing Warner Brothers between 30-40 million dollars in yeah. the end, and it only made $18 million in the US theaters. Yeah, it's kind of strange. You know, I, I would
1: have thought that this would have been a bigger hit because everywhere you go, the VHSs are there. You know, any thrift store, any second-hand store, you will find a VHS of Lady Hawk, and it's come out on DVD. It's come out on Blu-ray. It, it seems to have had this second life on home video,
0: but it's like a massive, massive second life because the releases are everywhere. Yeah, I've seen this VHS. In fact, when we were coming up movies uh, before, right before we started this podcast, what is a movie? And we looked through, and we found this fantasy, and this is one neither of us had seen but we had definitely knew the movie because we've seen it in thrift stores like you said everywhere everywhere
1: and i would i'll take this opportunity to say if you guys come across it in the thrift store skip
0: yep i i i don't like to to bash movies that much uh well i do if they deserve it
1: this is one where I... it doesn't necessarily deserve a bashing well, it's a, a fine thing. movie. It's it, it, fine, it's but it doesn't so in the do middle. anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me to make me feel passionately either way. So that's why I say skip, not because I hate it or because it's bad. It just doesn't do anything for me.
0: No, I never want to rewatch it.
1: No, no. I mean, I'm going to hang on to the VHS well, because I'm, I'm a monster and I'm going to keep it, but like you have I, problems. Yes, I have lots of problems, but I'm not going to watch it again, I don't think. until like 20 years from now, when I'm like, "Remember, Lady Hawk, I wonder if it's any better now."
0: <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> All right, so we've got to somehow figure out what's going to go in our museum. Mm, I
1: think I already know what I'm putting in the museum. Do you know what you're putting in the museum? I'm going to need one minute to think about it. Should I Should I just tell you what I'm going to yeah, put in Yeah, go there?
0: ahead, and I think I can come up with it.
1: All right. Well, I think it's going to be pretty obvious because we mentioned it before. But I'm putting Alfred Molina as Cesar in the museum because he's the best character in the movie, and we only get two scenes with him, and his face ends up in a bear trap. Uh, I want to pick up his story with the scarred angry 20 years later coming for revenge that's lady hawk 2 for me i'm putting cesar in the museum
0: i'm going to put another side character in there and i just want to put in leo mckern as the drunk monk <laughs> absolutely we want we want to see their
1: story together we not want to see their sitcom so they belong together in the museum
0: it's really odd he's the only character i give a shit in this whole thing because I just want to, I, I just want a rambling drunk monk to just bump into people, and I want this whole movie to be about him trying to convince other people that this shit's real. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I want to watch that. I'm much. I mean, this movie's two hours long. I could watch two hours
0: of that. Yes, and instead we got two hours of Captain Navarre killing two people. Right. Two people. He's. He, he breaks into a castle to kill the monk, which should be the most heavily guarded person. And he somehow PG thirteens the shit out of this and only kills two people. Yep. no blood, no blood, no violence. Two people dead. <sighs> there should have been three. It should have been Mouse. He should have <laughs> gave, he should have sacrificed himself at the end. No, that would
1: have been that would have made him a martyr. That would have made him. He would have given him something like
0: special about no just. Let him float away like he did at the end of this movie. But if you do want some fantasy films from the eighties, and I did this because I knew we'd bash a little bit on this, so let's let's just go through some movies that I think are better than this. Okay, uh, we've got Dragon Slayer. Never seen it. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Amazing. Excalibur.
1: I haven't seen it, but I probably would like it. I like Time Bandits. Time Bandits is
0: pretty good. Do, do you consider Time Bandits? Is that yeah, like medieval? No, yeah? yeah okay, that falls okay. in with this. Um, Dark Crystal? Eh. This is 82. So the first four I did, Dragon Slayer, Clash Titans, Excalibur, Time Bandits, all 81. Right. So you can see Hollywood is just momentum. Yeah, very into the medieval yeah. stuff. In the and universe. then 82, we got the Dark Crystal, Conan the Barbarian, uh, The Last Unicorn. Okay. Have you seen that one? Never seen it. I watched that a lot as a kid. I rewatched a little bit of it as an adult really corny. Yeah, but <laughs> it's an animation. Yeah, I mean, we, it's for kids. Yeah. Uh we had the Beastmaster in 82. Beastmaster's fun. Then we go on to 83 and we had Croll. Yeah, that's fun. Uh Deathstalker. Never seen that. Yeah, I I, I don't remember much of Deathstalker. Uh I remember the poster though. Yeah, I remember the logo. I remember yeah. Deathstalker how cool yeah, the that was logo really cool. looked. Yeah. Uh, and then 84 we got the Neverending Story.
1: Yeah.
0: And those then movies. You hate The NeverEnding Story? Yeah, we can get into that sometime. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have that VHS, so right, we well, can do, do that. Right um, and then 84, we also got Conan the Destroyer. Yeah. 85, uh, Lady Hawk Legend, Red Sonia, I don't know if Red Sonia should be amongst all these, but Legend's great. Yeah, Legend's Legend amazing. Like, holds up too. Like it's it's cheesy, and you can kind of
1: like laugh at it. And I'm not a person who like laughs at movies. I I, I appreciate trash. You know, I don't want to just like laugh at it. But it is kind of cheesy to the point where it's funny. Well, I but mean, I love
0: it. Tim it's, Tim Curry is just Tim Curry is. Eating scenery, not chewing it. Eating scenery. It's uh, so good. Covering it in salt, barbecue sauce, shoving it down his throat. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not know this. Uh, I bought one of the really cool Blu-rays for this. Um, I didn't. I had no idea this was directed by Ridley Scott, the Legend. Yeah. Or it's just Legend. It's not the Legend. Yeah, Ridley's one
1: of early, early Ridley Scott. Yeah. The first what six years he's working. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a visually amazing movie. It's a lot of fun. I got a lot of good things to say about Legend. So yeah, if we ever want to
0: do a positive <laughs> medieval movie, yeah. we can go back and watch that. Well, one. almost all of these would probably be positive. I mean, eighty six, we move. Oh, and eighty five, another one of uh, Rucker Howard's movies is Flesh and Blood. Yeah, same year,
1: same medieval thing. Yeah, and it. it looked like he had more to do in I've never seen that, but it looked like I, it more
0: he had more to do in that one. I enjoyed one. that one more than this one, yeah. Uh eighty six we had Labyrinth. Uh yeah, and classic. then and then eighty high uh the Highlander. Oh yeah. Love me the yeah. Highlander. Uh and then eighty seven we had The Princess Bride. Yeah. Masters of the Universe and somewhere around there we had Willow.
1: Yeah. Um I it was funny I had actually watched part of this uh with Ashley and she goes in my head, I had most of this movie confused with Princess Bride because she thought she liked Lady Hawk, And then she was like, no, this movie isn't Princess Bride. I thought that that's what this movie was. Uh, yeah,
0: Sarah, Sarah saw the trailer to this. She goes, oh, it looks like this one has budget. I'll watch this because that's kind of how she won't watch. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah, I'd like to watch that one with you. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to watch it with you. I, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs>
1: Um, we should mention before we close this, this movie's kind of liked, generally liked. Yes, it's got a yes. 7 out of 10 on uh, uh, IMDb. Um,
0: yeah, 35,000 votes. It's got a 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, it's a, and I, like I said, the VHSs are kind of everywhere, so it must have been a hit on the uh, home video market. So people like this movie. <sighs> I just... No, it doesn't go enough one way or another for me to care. It's not, it's not. It doesn't go full medieval. It doesn't go full magic. It doesn't go full romance. I just don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: next week, that's not
0: going to be a problem.
1: Okay, so next week we're going to do one that I've never seen, and I'm not even sure if I've seen any of the other movies in the series. <laughs> doesn't <it> matter. <laughs> we're dropping in right at the end of the series. <laughs> we're gonna watch. Braddock Missing in Action 3. <laughs>
0: Explosions everywhere!
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to like this one a little bit more. I've never seen this movie, which I'm excited to just jump in. But I also don't know if I've seen any of the other Missing in Action. I think... I've seen the first one. I had to have seen the first one. It's it's in my wheelhouse. I would have seen that as a kid. I would assume you have. But I definitely have not seen two,
0: so I'm excited to just jump yeah. in at three. Yeah, we're going right at three. <laughs> I definitely haven't seen two. I don't know if I've seen all of the first one, but I've seen clips of all three of them. Nice. Because they've got some fantastic... I mean, Chuck Norris is Chuck Norris. If you don't like Chuck Norris, you're not American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd like Chuck Norris as a person. But I movies, yeah. Um I'm I'm excited to jump in. We we saw the when we were sort of preparing the podcast, we knew we were gonna launch and we had to come up with like some titles to start with. We saw the trailer for Braddock and we were like, Well that one. Yeah, done. <laughs> that so, that's one we have to see.
0: <laughs> so very excited to jump in on that next week and if our that. podcast is successful, we're going to watch all of the Canon films. <laughs>
1: I think I it, think whether most. we intend to or yeah. not I think it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, uh, when we're at Bucket of Blood I've noticed that there's they've got a fine selection of Canon films. Oh, in yeah. the action section oh that's going to be so rough not to buy all of them
1: yeah i mean especially yeah once we kind of go through our first batch of what we talked about we were going to record we have to make the new list it's going to be like oh, fuck we got to buy all of these cuz like we want
0: them we got to do it all right well that's going to end it for this week always remember be kind rewind we're out oh! hello up there for pity's sake hello Hello! Hello! What do you want
1: down there? I was told to bring you this bird. It's been wounded. Oh, good shot. Bring it in. We'll dine together. We can't eat this bird. Oh, well, what? oh God, is it Lent again already? Ooh.